Hi, I'm Elena Becker, and this is P.S., the Puget Sound podcast, where we'll be talking with members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. Today, we're recording from Moonyard Studio in Tacoma, Washington, and our guest is Nick Kanto-Georgiopoulos, professor of international political economy and director of both global development studies and Asian studies. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. We are so happy to have you. And I was prepared right away to ask you to tell us what you are a professor of. But then while we were coming in and sitting down, you made an offhanded comment about a radio show you once had. Yes, this is bringing me back uh, being in the studio like this because for about seven years I had a, a radio show on KUPS, the the campus radio station. I had a show with uh, Jeff Matthews, who's a professor of business and sure. leadership, and we uh, it was called Back in Black. Wait a second. So that, that gives you a hint of the kind of music we played. Uh, which which was what? Just... A hard rock. It was basically 70s to today hard rock. And we had a theme every single week. Right. And, you know, the shows were mildly inappropriate uh, by today's standards. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You, let me, so just to make sure I understand, you and Jeff Matthews went down to the basement Once of the Student week. Union building. That's right. To KUPS, the KUPS. radio station, and sat there together and played mildly inappropriate hard rock. Well, the, the hard rock wasn't mildly inappropriate. It was the common about the sure. hard rock and and mostly Jeff was inappropriate. Uh, right, not you. No, I was certainly always, not. I was sort of the manager of the show. I, I would say, right? And he would just show up uh, to to have fun, and we played uh, the music at the full volume within the studio, right? Which. Looking back, probably wasn't a good idea for my hearing. Sure. Because, you know, I'm not getting younger. Right. And none of us are. No. No. Especially uh, especially me at this age should not be listening to music that loud. <laughs> but it was fun, and the students thought it was kind of uh, quirky. Yeah, sure. So we did a theme every week, and uh, we I actually have um, – I will send you an MP4 of one of the shows. Ooh, I would love that. Yeah, we have, I, have, uh, I have the shows recorded. I mean, the quality isn't great. But. Sure. So, yeah, this brings me back. And, and, and I was always told I have a face for radio. So, right. And here we are. Which is a very big compliment, it's, I thought. It certainly <laughs> is. Yeah, maybe not a voice for radio, but... Yeah, so, a, a face for radio. That's what well, I was told. And that's especially shocking because I happen to know that your um, title is you're a distinguished professor I, I who am. once had a hard rock show. Yeah, which makes it even weirder, maybe. It does. Yeah, or more fun. More that fun. rounds out your personality. More fun. We, we, I stopped doing it. It just became too busy for me because sure. of my kids and everything else going on. But uh, I, we did enjoy it uh, for many years. Well, and you are, not to give away how much um, background information I have on you, but you're a professor of quite a few things. You're in charge of a lot. Yeah, so I'm a professor in international political economy. That's my main home department. Right. And, uh, but I'm also the director of global development studies, which is a interdisciplinary minor, and Asian studies. I'm the director of that program now. So, uh, this year was my, is my first year. And of so course, for listeners, on. being the director of Asian studies involves the Pacific Rim program, that one-year study abroad. That's right. So we are now um, looking at the Pacific Rim program. We are currently this week doing interviews of students who have applied for the wow. next trip, which is 2021. And we are Basically, in the process of looking ahead, what's the trip going to look like? It's a nine-month travel study program in eight to nine Asian countries. And we are sort of revisiting what worked and what needs uh, some uh, tweaks. And we are going to be selecting the, the students pretty soon. So I'm sort of... Um, that's part of my responsibility now as Asian Studies Director. And we have a Chinese and Japanese major and minor, as well as an Asian Studies minor. 
So there's there's a lot going on. Yeah, not enough time for a radio show, unfortunately. Right. But you are still teaching. I mean, despite all yes. of those administrative <laughs> responsibilities, you're yes. in the class, which is kind of like a rock show, I imagine. A uh, classroom? Yeah. It is for some faculty. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it depends. See, I, I would, I would, I'm trying to think what kind of band am I in class? Right. What kind of a concert? Right. I would say it was sort of a. Yeah, maybe a soft rock. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think soft rock is fair to say. Uh, my class is like a soft rock class. No, I, it is in a way a performance, actually. That's yeah. a good metaphor because you have to do a good job and communicate well and keep students' interest. And so that that's always uh, a challenge, but that makes it exciting as well. I always get energized after I teach, even if I'm tired before I start, Yeah, uh, especially if a class goes well. So I, sure. I am still teaching. Uh, right now I'm teaching a course that I'm bringing to Thailand in the summer. They're right. going to do a month of homestays there. Wow. And it's part of the Loose Foundation grant, which I believe you know all about since you went on a trip like this. I do. That's true. I went on, as you know, Peter Wimberger's biology class, which was several weeks in Malaysian Borneo, and much like what you've just described, a semester of on-campus classroom time and then uh, the the extreme hands-on learning in the place that we had studied. But it's a great concept because you get to really see the applicability of the work that you're doing in class, and you get these lived examples to come back with. And for me, it it really enriched the semester leading up to the trip because I knew I would get to do that and enriched my learning when I came back because I had this great mental image of what it meant. Well, we're really pushing experiential learning on campus. And uh, for me, what it is, is you have some kind of preparation before in the classroom before you do something. And then you actually go out outside of the classroom to have an experience related to what you learned. And then you come back and reflect on what you've done. And so that's something that I'm really um, very invested in, and not only with this experience in Thailand, but PAC-RIM, the Pacific Rim program, right. uh, is really an experiential uh, program. And, you know, internships in the summer, I, I do an internship course in the summer where students uh, get academic credit for their internships, where they're reflecting on what they're learning. And so that kind of model, I think, is really great moving forward for the university. And do you see common threads between those three things? I mean, they're all certainly experiential learning, but you've just described a nearly one-year study abroad program traveling through multiple Asian countries, a couple of weeks spent in one particular country after a semester-long class, and a summer internship program that I I believe is in Tacoma, right? Uh, Well, the one that I do, there's two internship classes. One is for internships in Tacoma, but the other is for internships outside. So this past summer, Ah. there were uh, students in um, West Africa. There were students in Tacoma as well, and then also Eastern Washington. And so there are a lot of different places that they go. I think the thread that ties all of those three is that it takes them outside the classroom. That's really what it is. But it's not just taking them outside of the classroom and then they do some things and then that's it. What I'm doing more and more, what I'm interested more and more in is having them reflect on what they've done and and tie it back to what they've done. And I think students now are buying into and used to the culture of reflection at the university because that's something we hear about a lot. And I think that's a really great practice, actually. Um, So I'm excited about doing this uh, in the future. I'm also going to do a course next year for students studying abroad who return and want to process the experience. Oh, that's a good idea. So that's a pilot that I'm going to try in the spring next year. Is it a quarter credit or is it a full It'll be a quarter credit, yeah. yeah, Just to get some students together and 
uh, it'll be a pilot to see if we could scale it up for uh, all students eventually who right. come back from study abroad. Because I think when you study abroad for a whole semester, a year, you come back and there's no real way to to process it or to reflect on it or to do something with it. And so I'd like to see if we can do something about that. Yeah, and I think certainly for students who find themselves studying abroad in an area that is maybe not directly related to their major, that's probably particularly helpful. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that it goes well. We'll see. Uh, but it's sort of this reflection piece, and they'll do digital portfolios to capture their experiences okay. where they'll have something to show. What is a digital portfolio? A digital portfolio is, the way I look at it, it's it's a digital CV Okay. Uh, of things that you've done, but you a could resume. also, it, it could be a resume and it's in its uh, digital form. But for me, it, well, there's a lot of other uses too. You can have a digital portfolio to uh, reflect on assignments or the learning outcomes of a class and then talk about things that have fit that. You can have images. It's really a showcase that you can show people. So when someone said, oh, you went to Thailand for a month, what, what did, did you, you do? do? Right. Well, here it is. Here's a, a, a document with several pages, and then you talk about what you did and you reflect. And they have shown that employers really are interested in this kind of thing right. when students do this kind of work. And every first-year student now has a portfolio on, on our the platform that we use. That's great. And so they're used to using it. And so I, I like to utilize that just for people to have something to show for what they've done. So it's really putting together material to capture what you've done so that you can show people and have it in the future to show. And one of the things I'm just thinking while you're talking that I think is so important about those deliverables and that reflection together is that when you're getting a liberal arts degree, you do sometimes have to do a little bit of work to figure yes. out what you like about it and where you want to take it. And exactly. so to have been doing that all along the way and to have earmarked proof, for lack of a better word, of what those skills are and where they came from, I, I mean, I mean, you've seen a lot of people graduate and go do stuff, but I imagine that makes that transition a, a lot easier. It's supposed to, and yeah. I think I think it will because being able to, I, I think students are interested in reflecting on what they've done, and if it's a structured reflection where it's done with purpose and in a certain way, I think it could be really valuable. And it's not something that everyone likes to do or is good at doing, and. It's something I'm doing more and more and trying to get better at because I think students really like that. Even on my exam questions, I try to ask more reflection questions about the material. Sure. Uh, because I think that's that's what makes our education special, actually, rather than just memorizing data. Right. You know, I, think, I think being able to reflect is really important. And synthesize. Exactly. And exactly. you have... Um kind of a legendary test format amongst students. Oh, I did not know that. You're, that's another way in which you're like a rock star. <laughs> soft you, rock you, star. A soft rock star. You I'm, give I'm these sort distinctive of like, tests. I'm like the um, air supply of Puget Sound. <laughs> 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 I that, aim to be the ACDC, of, but, right. but I really am maybe the air supply. You're on approaching ACDC. Well, on a good day, REO Speedwagon. Sure. <laughs> of, of Puget Sound. But, right, but anyway, sorry. Maybe I didn't if know you about... didn't wear collared shirts, you know, that that <laughs> might be the step. During... Not wearing collared shirts. Yeah, that'd be more ACDC like. But then, what's the point of coming in? There's no authority. If I if I come in dressed like a student, what's the right. point? Well, I didn't say you had to dress like a student. Oh, really? You How could... would I do that without collared I don't know, shirts? A cowl neck. <laughs> 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 what's that? I, I, I need to rethink my wardrobe. 
Right. For sure. Yeah. If you want to be ACDC, that might be that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do. I do. Anyway. We're going to have to take a picture of you in your everyday wear and put it on the website somewhere. For... My everyday wear at home, you mean? No, your everyday professional wear okay. to just illustrate this conversation. Do you ever watch the show The Goldbergs? No. Do you know that show? I've never heard of that. You've never even heard of it? No, but you're well, looking it, alarmed, so now I'm nervous. That, that you I, haven't heard of it? No, right. it's just a show on, on one of the major networks. Oh, and the, the father famously comes home and takes his pants off at the door. Right. That's basically me. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I basically ride into track pants, and I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah, I've run into you in the grocery store on the weekends before. That yeah, sounds right. Was I wearing track pants? I think so, I but was. I also think you just come from your daughter's soccer game, maybe. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll always have track <laughs> pants on. But, okay. But, and, and I did not know about the test format, so well, I, I'm learning things Because here. you give, correct me if this has changed, but when I was taking classes with you, you gave these tests where you gave, as a study guide, 10 possible essay questions, right. yep. and then asked, gave two for the actual exam and asked students to write on one. Yes, and, and more and more, I'm actually just giving them one choice. Right. <laughs> because why not? Sure. I want them to Authority. study every question. Well, I want them to study every question. So I think on the final, I give them uh, just one choice for two different parts because it's longer. Right. Yeah, but I still do that. I, I, I like that format only because it forces people to really uh, study all the material. I liked it too. It, a huge amount of work, but I thought it was great because it gives you a really structured way to think about what you've been doing all semester right. and to really, as you said, to synthesize and to reflect and to think about how you can take the sort of microcosm of that material and scale it up to a bigger question. Right, right, exactly. And it's, I've done it for many years, and, and I like it. And I, I mix around the questions depending on what I do that semester, but uh, that really works for me. And I think students get to study really well. Unfortunately, they have to do the test part, and I have to grade it, but right. the studying part is the valuable part. So sure. I, 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 I'm going to keep doing that, I think. Yeah, well, and it's... Uh... It's becoming a signature, so you should oh, absolutely keep I, it up. I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, people talk about it. And um, it's funny that you actually mentioned sort of the respect in the classroom, because I do think you're a professor that is is extremely beloved, but also really does cultivate that. Oh, and students you. know that you have high expectations and expect themselves to meet them. And, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I think. I don't want to come off as intimidating on the first day, and I know I do because you, I, mm-hmm. I definitely want students to know not to. Well, mess you give around. a whole speech about not messing around. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's the throwdown speech. It is. Well, I, I feel I have to do that on the first day because I want students to know that they need to be serious about the class, and it helps me uh, right. later on. And I can lighten up during the semester too, but it is my personality too. I'm not. Um, trying to be someone I'm not. I think I'm embracing what I am for, right. for better or for worse. <laughs> I'm embracing that that part's ACDC. Right, that's true. That part of it is ACDC, I have to say. Um, but again, I, I, I always wonder, is it too much? And it's, it's weird how you're perceived and you don't sometimes realize it. Sure. But, but well, from my point of view, you, you're doing well. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you're that. You're welcome. You also one time, this is one of my favorite things you've ever done, but I was in one of your classes that I know about. Uh, and we came into class and there were um, like four random objects on the front. Somebody had left like a colander and a half a sponge and a handful of pocket change. And over the next 50 minutes, you worked all of those props into your lecture on foreign aid. <laughs> on foreign aid. <laughs> and wow. Yeah. You know, it, to corrupt government aid runs out through the holes in this colander. <laughs> It was a wow. great 50 minutes. So I, I worked in some metaphors. I don't yeah. even remember that. But but it's, un- again, like a rock show. That was fun. You don't remember. and That was more like a MacGyver. No, who's the one who smashes things on stage? 
you wouldn't know him. You're definitely no. too young. It's some comedian. It's like a carrot top kind of humor, okay. prop humor. So I was doing prop humor there. Sure, it was effective. <laughs> it well, made an impression. I'm glad you remember it. I, so, I, I keep hearing about things I say or jokes that I make that I don't remember making. But that have really retained in the minds of your students? Maybe I'm losing my mind. What do you think? Uh, I think probably not, but anything's possible. Okay. Man is fallible. Well, if I don't remember this interview tomorrow, then I know I need to go right. check in with someone. Right. That, I'll I be will. a little, I'll be personally offended if I tomorrow. Won't, I won't forget. Thank you. Yeah, I won't forget because it's a great environment here. It is. And we've talked about some bands. so it's We have. Cool. So if anything's going to stick it in your mind. It will. It will. But yeah, I, I, there was a student who kept track of the jokes that I made in class one semester and then and, and then gave them back to me at the end. <laughs> like in a list? In writing? Yeah. yeah. I thought they were taking notes on the material, but they were, they were instead, writing down things that I, that I said that, right. that were, were weird or funny <laughs> in their minds. And so. how long was the list? It's about, uh, there were maybe 15 entries. That's it for a whole semester? Yeah, of statements. I think you're funnier than that. Well, well, 15 is pretty good. I guess, sure. That's one every, what, two or three class periods? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there, right. were some, there were some things put in there. So um, evidently, sometimes students write down things that I say that are kind of strange. So, sure. Which is good. It is. That's Keeps good engagement. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. In the margins of your notes. <laughs> In the margins of the notes. Yeah. 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 Well, Nick, we are wrapping up all of our conversations with four kind of fast questions. Sure. Great. So in just a couple of words, go ahead and tell me what is the best place on campus, do you think? The best place on campus? Hmm. Definitely not the basement of the sub. <laughs> Where, of course, the KUPS radio station and the now infamous rock show was. Yeah, it's a dank kind of environment. <laughs> I'd say the best place are, are some of the lounges, actually. Yeah. Some of the lounges in Thompson Hall. Mm-hmm. There's one great room with couches there that they have for meetings. I don't know which one, but Tom, I, I really like um, Thompson Hall. Okay. Great It's a science building. It is. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Yes. I'm not reading a book right now. I'm reading uh, The Atlantic, actually. All right. Yeah. I good get choice. that and I read that at night. And so that's uh, that's a really good magazine, actually, The Atlantic Monthly. But what no is... book right now. No time. Lena, you know that. What do you mean no time? No time for books. In All the right. summer, I'll read a book. Okay. What's on your list? I have a list and I can't remember what's on it. Uh, mostly history. Okay. World War II, I'm really interested I in. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. I really love uh, history books. And so there's something uh, on World War II that I saw that I wrote down on my summer list. But, of course, I can't remember it. Right. <laughs> no rock bands. No, a rock uh, bibliography maybe, too, okay. this summer. Yeah. What's the best place to eat in Tacoma? Wow. There's so many great places. Are we talking fancy or like every day? Just whatever you do. When you're in the track pants at home, yeah. where are you going to eat? Spanky's Burgers. Really? That's just a couple blocks away, right, right on 6th Avenue. That's right. I really like Spanky's or, right. or Anthony's if it's a little fancy. Down by the water. Yeah. Those sure. are the places that, th those are my go-to places. Excellent. And lastly, what makes Puget Sound so special? I think what what makes it special are the the people the the people that are trying to take care of students the students that come in and they're they're earnest but they're not overachieving you know they're right in the middle there which I kind of mm -hmm. like uh, a lot of my faculty colleagues I really um, like and have worked with for twenty years so I think I think the environment at Puget Sound is is built by the people that are there the environment being in the Northwest all of that stuff's really great as well but I think we're really trying to improve the experience for students. I think 
some people find that hard. Other people find it's too much. But I think it's a great focus. So I think I think the people that I know that I work with, um, and more and more the staff in my capacity as mm-hmm. director of all these programs, I think um, I'm working with a lot of staff in a lot of offices I didn't know, and I'm really enjoying that as well. Nick Conto Georgopoulos, thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much. to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of P.S., the Puget Sound Podcast. <laughs>